Can everybody say, uh, there's an event that takes place here in Parashas Nasai, which is uh, really a shocking event, and I don't think it's, it's given the correct perspective. We have the parish of, of the Saito, which everyone knows that we need to check and see if she was faithful or unfaithful to her husband. And as part of the process of checking her out, so the Torah says that they take a, a piece of paper, a piece of parchment, and they write their Rabbanisham's name on the piece of parchment, and they drop it inside the water, and the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets erased. Now, if you put in perspective what kind of event that is, erasing the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I think the context is much more appreciated when you know Gemara and Sukkot. The Gemara and Sukkot talks about a case where David HaMelech did something, he was digging, and as a result, the Tehoim came up. And the Gemara describes that the Tehoim was going to destroy the entire world. And when the Gemara says it was going to destroy the entire world, the passion of the Gemara is it destroyed the whole world. So Dabra Melech said, Mi Ika, does anybody know if it's mutter to take Hashem's name and erase it in order to prevent the world from being destroyed? That means David HaMelech, the grace of David HaMelech, did not know if halachically it was permitted to erase Hashem's name to save the world. Does that give you an idea of how Chomer it is to erase Hashem's name? He had a tzad to let the world be destroyed, but don't erase Hashem's name. Yet in the parasha Dal state, that in order to give the Mesaita to drink, you let, allow Hashem's name to be erased. It's something that needs to be understood. So the Gemara says the reason you let the name of Shem Hashem to be erased is in order to create Shalom bias between Ishva Ishtay. So if I do the math correctly, it sounds like the Gemara is saying that on a certain level, Shalom bias is greater than keeping the world in existence. In other words, to keep the world in existence wasn't so clear. But Shalom bias, that's Taka Kedai. It's Kedai to erase Hashem's name for Shalom bias. So it gives a, a, a pause, a, re, a per, reason for a person to pause to understand the godless of Shalom bias in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch If I would ask a person, which is more important, his wearing tefillin or him having Shalom bias? I at least would get 50-50 if I asked most people. Most people I would say tefillin. If I asked about sukkah, which is more important, sukkah or shalom bayis, most people would say sukkah. So I want to tell you what Arishan says. The Abidram says that really women are supposed to wear tefillin just like men. And women are supposed to sit in a sukkah just like men. How come a woman doesn't have mitzvah seishas grandma? Why does a lady not have to, have to wear tefillin? Because mitzvah seishas grandma, everyone knows that. Why? Says the Abidram... Because any mitzvah that's time-sensitive, what happens if her husband needs her at exactly that time that the mitzvah is, and she's going to have to do her mitzvah, husband's going to be upset, it'll be a lack of shalom bias. Says the Rebbeinah Shalom, skip tefillin, skip sukkah, drop all my mitzvahs, you have shalom bias. That means that the Abidram is being machriya, that by the Eivishta, shalom bias is more important than tefillin and sukkah and all the mitzvahs that a lady, a lady's potterer. It's something to think about. I mentioned to some of the Mechavur, this Maisa, that I was, I was once uh, privy to a story where there was a, a father-in-law, he was actually in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, he had a new his son had recently got married, and he had come to visit her for Yom Tiv, and it was Shemini Atzeres, without going through the details, but his daughter-in-law set up a tremendous elaborate suda. He found out the night before, she was planning a whole elaborate suda with the whole design and everything, and she was planning on eating inside the house because they had a tiny, tiny little sukkah. And this, the father-in-law sat in the sukkah. 
so he told me his dilemma. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. His daughter is going to be very upset. But he eats in the sukkah. What should he do? So I, I, I went to Rav and I asked Rav. I remember I asked him, it's a Berkus, I'm right to Israel. And he told me, he says, I don't hear the Shaila. He said, I don't hear the Shaila. He said, Shmini Atzeris, even the Shmini Atzeris, he said, they're a bonum. Shon Bayez is a Deiraisim. So he eats in the house. What's the Shaila? If, if he eats in the sukkah, so it's going to be a Shalom Bayez issue. His wife's going to be furious. It's going to be a problem with Shalom Bayez. He didn't hear the Shaila. And what's, what's bothering him? Shalom Bayez is a Deiraisim. We, 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 we see Shalom Bayez as this like extra, that it's like a Milo, it's, 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 it's a Chosh Vazah. But I'm just trying to be right, Shalom Bayez has halachic ramifications. It has halachic ramifications. Hashem says, skip tefillin, skip sukkah. Erase my name for Shalom Bayez. It's not just a Milo. By the Eibishter, it's a Grace Vazah. So how do we understand this? How come it's so Chosh by the Eibishter? And what is the Heter to erase Hashem's name for Shalom Bayez? So I just want to share with you Maral's insight. Maral gives a great insight. He says... The reason why you're allowed to raise Hashem's name for Shalom Bayis is because he says that Ish Isha Zahu So he says, Pashit, when there is Shalom between the Ish and the Isha, that brings the Ebishta back into the house. So it, it, it's a kim of HaKadosh Baruch. Hu. It's not erasing Hashem's name. You're, you're bringing the Ebishta back in the house. Zakta Maral, Shalom is one of the names of HaKadosh Baruch. Hu. So he says, the Rabbi Shalom says, I allow you to erase my name. To bring back my name, to bring back the Shechina into the house, to bring the, the Shalom back together. Shalom is a, is a name from Hashem. So the reason why it's Mutter is because it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not an erasing of Hashem's name. It's Ad the Rabbah, it's bringing back HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Shechina and his name, Ko, right? The Ko. Shechina Shriva name is, is the, the Yud of the Ish and the Hay of the Isha. So you're bringing the name back together. So Hashem says, you can erase my name if, you, if you're using it to put, put it back better. That's the Maral's insight, but it's a Gaval de Gazach. I'm just, I'm just trying to bring out the Chiddush that it's in, in Hilchus, in Haloch it has a Zach. In practice, I always say over the, 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 the I heard from a, this, this, this Chasher Rov with 40 years of experience, when he used to give Shavim uh, Shurim, so one Shavim he gave to Shalom Bayes. And he started off the Shavim always with this thing. He, he, was a, he was a person that heard every single problem in the world came to this person's desk. And he said, Rabbi, you say, I don't know too many problems in this world worse than no Shalom Bayes. And he says, I don't know too many things in this world better than having Shalom Bayes. That was, that, that, that's on a practical level of statement. And I found the Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara says, Ein ro ki ishero. It says, there's, no, there's nothing. It's come out to what he's saying, but in the Gemara, Ein ro ki ishero. I go upon him. But that's on a practical level. I'm coming now to say in a halachic level. Oh. Moving on to the, to the parasha of Birchaz Kainim. The Torah talks about Birchaz Kainim. So just as, a, as an aside, I was reading in Sefer. He just says that over Poshet, that everyone, if they think about it, two seconds, he says the world, you know, goes travel. Everyone travels the Gansel Welt to try to get a bracha to go to Naria from this scuttle and to go to Morocco to get from this scuttle. And he says, how come a person who's in some labor, the best of bracha in the Welt is from the Kashbrocha Alein? How come a person doesn't treasure Bichas Kainim? You have it on a Yomtiv. People don't value it enough. It's the Gresta bracha. And he advises, he writes, he has many, many people that came to him for Yeshua's and he told them, by Bichas Kainim, be Mechavim, what you need, the Yeshua, I'm telling you, you see the Yeshua, you're getting a bracha from the Eberstein. Okay, it's a side point. But we say the words, Yivarecha Hashem V'yishmarecha. So what does it mean, Yivarecha Hashem V'yishmarecha? So Rashi says, Yivarecha Hashem means that Hashem should give you a lot of money. She yisborechu nechasecha. She get a lot of money, a lot of nechasem. So Rashi, what's V'yishmarecha? Yishmarecha means, and after you get all that money, you should be able to keep all the money. Right? Because a lot of times people make a lot of money, and then people want to take away their money. Right? So the Rosh gives you a bracha that you should not only make money, but you should keep the money. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be stolen from you, taken away from you. 
make, make bad investments, lose the money. I'd like to share with you that the Bali Musar, that's Rashi's chant, the Bali Musar say, They say, Yivarecha Hashem means that Hashem should give you a bracha, He should give you a lot of money. Yishmerecha means, and then He should watch you from the pitfalls that come from having a lot of money. That's Yishmerecha. Not that He should watch your money. Rashi's learning He should watch your money, make sure you keep your money. Yishmerecha means He should watch you. Morris says in, in, in Psachim, Yish, Morris says, Kairach had the audacity to argue with Moshe Rabbeinu. How does a person come to have the audacity to argue with somebody that took Klaisa of Mitzrayim, etc., etc.? Because when a person says Rashi has a tremendous amount of money and Kairach had a tremendous amount of money, it creates a gaiva. And it's the only way to understand what he could do. So a person has to understand that, that wealth comes with challenges, one of them being gaiva. So the, the, the bracha, Hashem says, I want to give you a full bracha. Yivarecha Hashem. I want you to have a lot of money. And I also want to give you a bracha that I'm going to watch you, that the money doesn't affect you negatively. That it doesn't go to your head. And it doesn't affect the way you deal with people. And it doesn't create gaiva. That's v'yishmerecha. I just want to mention that there's a tremendous amount of talk in the Bali Musa about the ingin of Nisayin Ha'esher. But when, when Rabbi Salanta talked about it, he interestingly enough did not talk about it as far as gaiva. When he said that he was always afraid to ever become rich, he had a different Nakuda. This was his Nakuda, and I, I thought it was so fascinating that this is what he lost sleep over. If you become rich, he says, what happens after 120 years? They're going to come to me, and they're going to say, you know, you know, you heard that in Muncie, they took one of the packages, they used to give two baked goods in the time of Shabbos packages, and now they're only giving one baked good. Yeah? And you could have taken care of that. You can take care of that. And there's an Amon in your neighborhood that she has barely food to eat, and why don't you take care of her? And they're going to go through a whole list of people that are Nitzrochim, and that you could have taken care of, and take care of it. He says, now, he says, I don't have too much money. I hope I'll be able to escape the Din Shemaim. I hope, they, I hope that's what's logic. I hope they won't have tightness on me that I didn't do more. So by him, the Pachad in, in Aisha was a different thing. That, that It comes with a responsibility that how do I know I'm, I'm doing enough with what I'm supposed to be doing? So I'd like to say, say over the story, the Rosh Hashanah Shadron once got up, and he said, Rabbi Isai, he was talking about the Nisayan of Aisha, how it's an Nisayan. So he said, Rabbi Isai, Chas v'sholem, if I was rich. So when he finished the Joshua, someone came over to him, who was a wealthy fellow, and he said to him, Shalom, calm down. You know what I'm saying? Chas v'sholem, if you're rich, you don't really mean that. Like, chas v'sholem, it's not like a, like a klola. You're exaggerating. So Shalom said to him, yeah? He says, I want to hear you say the words, chas v'sholem, if I were rich. Say it, say it. guy wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it. Refuse to say it. He says, you know why you won't say it? Because you're nervous that maybe it'll come true. That maybe the Ebershter will hear your chas v'sholem and Itaka won't make, you, make it true. He says, I can say it because Itaka don't want to become rich. I'm not nervous about it. That proves that I mean it earnest. But that was his way of bringing it out. What I just want to ice here is that if you open up the Messiah Sisharim, he writes that just like Aisher is a tremendous assignment, this Aini is also a tremendous assignment. Being poor is also a tremendous assignment. And he brings out this point that this Messiah Sharm, which is the basis of, of the Sefer, and it's Hagdama for life, is that all of life is an assignment. Whether you're wealthy, whether you're poor, it's all an assignment. I was once learning this, this piece of Messiah uh, Sharm with Rebecca Rejaketz, he's a Choshamagish here in Israel, Mir. So we're sitting learning this piece, and it talks about how everything in life is an assignment, and a person's in a Muhammad Hazaka, a person's in a constant battle with the Sayyidness on making good decisions. 
So he taps you on the shoulder and he says, Ramosha, you feel like you're fighting a battle? So I said, no. He says, so you're losing. Because if you don't fight, you can't win a battle, you're not fighting. So the Messiah Sharm is enlightening us that at every stage in our lives, we're having the sameness. Most of you, the Messiah right now, is how much to pay attention to what I'm saying. Other people, in about three minutes, it'll be how much kavon you're going to have before Shema and then Kriya and then Shema and then to this Nisayin, that Nisayin, how we're going to speak to this person, that person. But what he was enlightening to me is that if you don't feel the Nisayinus, if you don't feel the battle, you're automatically losing. If, you, you know, if you're not acknowledging it, if you don't feel like I'm making decisions at every minute, then, then you, you can't possibly win. You can't possibly win such a Zach. So when end off, it's late. It's just one idea about the Nazir. The Nazir, we know, is not allowed to drink wine. He's not allowed to cut his hair. He's not allowed to be metam lamesa. So the idea of not drinking wine, we understand it's precious from Tibus. He's trying to get control of his Tibus. And we spoke out the Chinuch says the hair also. Cutting his hair is also an ingan of Tibus. People like to have their hair cut. But the idea of not becoming Tommy Lamesim is something that's very difficult to understand. So I believe it's the Tor. The Tor writes that the Isser of a Nazir to become Tommy Lamesim is because it could be that since he became a Nazir, he might have the Shekhinah Shairana. He might have the Shekhinah Shairana. And if he comes close to a mace, people are going to think that the powers that he have is because he's a Dayrush Alameisim. They're going to think that really he's tapping into the Shekhinah. But they're going to think that he got the Kayach from dead people. And that's a, a terrible thing. So the Ba'i Musa just say a fascinating thing from the, from the, from the Torah. He says, who's a Nazir? He says, a Nazir is a person that for 30 days, that's all it takes to be a Nazir, for 30 days, he controlled himself not to drink wine and not to get a haircut, not to be a Mason. Doesn't sound like the guest of a serious nefesh. How, how hard is it for 30 days to control yourself? And the Torah says that the Torah to Asr and from being a Tamil Mace, because we're chayshish, that the Shekhinah is going to be shayri, he's going to start having nevuas come out of him. So the Baimusa says, you, you can never underestimate what a shtikl hasaga in, in Ruchni is. What a shtickle win, as we call it. What one step in the right direction is. A person is able to make a win. 30 days, he's able to ice out them. I deal with Bachram all the time, and sometimes they try to take, take on a Yonim and Kedusha. And they have what they call like a streak for a certain time. And certain people feel like, what's the Milo? What's the Ingen? It's, you know, it's, you're not going to keep it forever anyways. In Nazar state, a streak is a Zach. He knew to begin with, it's going to be 30 days. He, only, he said, I'm only going to be a Nazar for 30 days. Zaktatur, Shema Yishra Allah Shkina. A person can get Ashras Ashkina for a 30-day Kabbalah epis. A person is accomplishing something. A person should never underestimate a value in a Chizakoldu. Any Chizakoldu by the Evishta is grace. So, Rabbi Shukhu, give us the Shmaya, Shemachazik, Shem, and take small Zach and grace.